You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and today we have a guest that um, is probably all too familiar, or you guys are all too familiar with. Um, he's been on the Biojacked podcast with Kiefer um, a couple times now, I think. Brett Contreras, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Alex. Very happy to talk to you today. You have uh, a lot of stuff going on lately. Um, always great new information, new research to share with us. And um, I love, what I love most is your excitement when you talk about it, not only in person, because obviously I've we, we've, we've worked together in person um, in the glute lab, but also just in reading your work, I can tell your excitement about your findings and the things that you're able to research and the new developments that you find. And knowing that someone's like so passionate, enthusiastic about their work makes it that much funner to actually read the stuff and then feel like you can go and apply it too, which is another thing I really appreciate about how you share your information. Like I read it and I feel like I can actually go do it on my own, where in a lot of research studies, it's it's so dry and bland that I'm like, what did they talk about exactly? What was he trying to say? So I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I'll just tell you a funny story about passion. Uh, when I spoke in Norway last year with a handful of uh, top experts in the field, um, we brought up uh, a guy in the field. So this guy's name was brought up and Apparently, he got a perfect score on his SATs, and um, I was like, God, that's crazy. That's not me. I got like a 1090 on my SATs out of 1600. <laughs> I remember coming home and saying to my mom, I was like, Mom, I think they made up words on this. And I remember saying, is dogma a word? And she's like, yes, son, that's a word. And I'm like, <laughs> dogma? Because I, I just had never seen it. And uh, I was saying I was a 3.5, you know, I got a 3.5 GPA in high school and college. I ended up getting a 4.0 in grad school, but uh, I was like the 3.5 student that, you know, I, I was, I'm certainly no genius, but here I am, um, you know, very popular and obviously I'm, I'm a big fish in a very small pond, but I've become popular in strength and conditioning not because of my freakish intelligence. I work with people who are freakishly smart, but <laughs> my, it's my passion. But two of the guys who I present with all the time who are you know just as popular as I am, they were laughing. They said, that's me too. I got a 3.5 mm -hmm. uh, GPA in high school and college, and you know I partied a lot and kind of just kind of stumbled around until I found strength and conditioning. And they're just like me. They're... They'll stay up till five in the morning researching something, and you know, even now I'm almost I'm going to be forty years old, and sometimes I can't sleep at night because I'm so excited about something that I'm learning. <laughs> Which is great, and it translates over so well. Um, but I think too that that makes a big difference in how you present the information and how it's received, because 
it's coming from someone who just wants to get it out and share it. And so you explain it in such a way, like I said before, that we can actually use it and it makes sense. Um, and obviously, you know, your videos and um, especially of like the girls in the glute lab and how you explain certain biomechanics, it just, it makes sense. And whether you, you know, you understand what the big words actually mean, but you can see it, um, you can take the notes and be able to to test things out on your own. So very, very cool. Well, thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. And I, I've, I've noticed in the last, I don't know how long I've been, like had my blog and everything. I think it was 2009. So like going on seven years and even with myself, I've seen a shift where as I got, you know, I was in, enveloped in my PhD and I start learning more technical terms. Um, I became more technical and then I realized, man, I think I, I, I've seen this quote a few times um, and it's something to do with like the more, the better you understand a subject, the more simpler you can explain it, mm -hmm. something to that effect. And it's true. So now I, I, I was kind of known for writing these crazy 6,000 word blog posts and now my blog posts are like 300 words and I don't use any complicated terms. But that's the value I feel like I add with, with the researchers I collaborate with. I go through and make sure, because I feel like I speak coach and I speak meathead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I know totally. how to talk to me. I've been lifting with strong dudes my whole life. And, uh, and you know, I, t I talk to a lot of coaches and I know how to explain things to where they understand it. And it's a very important step that a lot of researchers, they can't do it and they don't understand why it's important. And I'll say to these researchers that I collaborate with, you know, I'll change the abstract and I'll say, nobody knows what this means. Right. You can just word it this way. And they're like, well, Brett, it's a scientific journal. You don't have to cater to you know, uh, and I say, what's the goal here? Is it to impress the scientists or is it to reach the greatest number of people? It's mm -hmm. to me, my goal is to reach the, the biggest number. So let's reword it. Let's take out acronyms. Let's take out these crazy stats that are scary and just tell them what, you know, tell them what they need to hear, what's important. And I think it, it it's, for me, it's certainly, I, I wrote a blog post on the effects of femur length on squat mechanics and I just let the pictures tell the story. I didn't even really write much and it was my most popular blog post I've ever written. I, I found it that one to be particularly fascinating. But also too having um, you know, been in the glute lab and seeing the difference in say myself in my movement patterns versus Mary, who is much, much taller than me and <laughs> femur length is quite different. Um, I think I, I go up to like, you know, boob level on her <laughs> without tall shoes. Um, and we we had very different movements that worked well for us. And I think that that's a super important takeaway for anybody who's trying to either get strong or just get, you know, good aesthetics, whether it's glute development or just legs in general, but being able to see the difference in movement patterns, be able to kind of test out different exercises, um, uh, torso positioning, pelvic position also to find out what's going to be best for them and then be able to add that into their program. And I think that's been the biggest takeaway for me, not only for myself, but be able to do programs for clients because I can't give them all the same program. It's not going to work. Oh, it's you're, you hit that on the head. It's it's 
And even with, well, let's talk about Mary for a little bit. Even with Mary, so you can have like a, a, you know, you can have an extensive education, but you have to, to be the best trainer and the best, you know, expert, you have to work with a large amount of people because you end up seeing all these things. And one thing I do lately, I, I've been presenting so much lately and I'm really, really proud of my seminars because I'll tell them, I would estimate that three out of four people prefers this variation or prefers, prefers this way, but one in four does not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, with Mary, you, you think about her little nuances that you learn as a trainer. I, I remember hearing a quote from one of my friends and it was like, I may not be an expert in this, this or this, but the one thing I am the expert in is my train, my clients. <laughs> Nobody knows my clients as well as I do, except them, them themselves. Right. <laughs> so, well, uh, well, even then, a, sometimes I don't know. <laughs> right, right. But with Mary, you know what limited her deadlift was her pec, her pec strain. You know, she would it's get up true. every time she would get up to two hundred pounds, her pec would strain, and she'd have to. You know, and she has a very mus- muscular pecs, and she, you know, she would get that strain. So we never solved that problem, you know. Uh, <laughs> so we just had to back, not not go too hard on deadlifts. Um, her her butt wink, her posterior pelvic tilt when she squats, it's obviously not. I've I've written, I've made a video on this. It's not hamstring flexibility that causes butt wink in a squat. It's uh, and with Mary, she could you know, put her leg behind her head practically, mm-hmm. but so she has the flexibility. So even, even with deadlifts, she has plenty of hamstring flexibility or hip flexion mobility, whatever you want to call it, but she still wants to round her low back and, and post your, uh, tilt her pelvis, which I do it too. But it was interesting to see that when, when I'd give her zercher squats or front squats, it would help. She mm-hmm. could go deeper and she wouldn't tilt as much. Um, and with certain types of squats, they just worked better than others. Um, so just changing the center of mass position made it, played a large effect on her pelvic positioning. But just you know, l- looking at her, it, it, you you can't learn these things. You can learn a lot about science. You can learn about posterior pelvic tilt. You can learn about center of mass and how that affects the joint torques and things like that. But to be able to put it all together. That's, you know, so that's why I, I, I always say I learned through three roads that are equally as important. One is lifting and, you know, training myself in the gym. You learn so much. That's where you test everything out. The other is training other people because mm-hmm. you realize you, not, we're all not the same. <laughs> right. And the other is reading, reading and studying and whatever. That, that includes going to seminars, watching people, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, reading journal articles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll give you a case in point. When I do that, I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram these frog pumps, these gratuitous. I've, I've done the frog pumps. I, I do them in the corner feel, or at home because they're do, awkward. Do you, do you feel them working a lot? Yes. Yeah, me too. I feel just with body weight, it's crazy how much glute activation I get. I mean, I do a set of 30 in it, or 40 reps, and I'm just. If I do like three sets of 30 to 40 and then go on a walk, I'll feel my glutes, that whole like 40-minute walk that I do, just activating like crazy. And, the, and But I bet 
two out of three people, frog pumps work great for. But one out of three, they just don't feel them much at all. Mm -hmm. I think Mary was one of them who didn't really like them that much. But um, it's not that they're doing it wrong. It's just their body, you know, same with squats. A lot of people do not feel their glutes working much in a squat. They just feel it all in the quads and low back or, you know, quads and erectors. But mm -hmm. it's it's not that they're doing it wrong. It's just their body doesn't, you know, doesn't the the way it places the way it activates the musculature in, in those positions isn't isn't maximal or whatever so um so yeah you learn so much through training other people and that's one thing that I've enjoyed with these seminars that I've doing I presented nine times this year that I took on other speaking assignments like NSCA personal trainer national and and uh, other other speaking assignments but that's Aside from the 12, the monthly seminars that I do out of my garage where I work with people, I only take on 16 people and I work out with them the whole day. So I spend the whole day working with these people and I end up getting tons of experience mm -hmm. working with different people's biomechanics and it's just fascinating to me because there's so much to learn from working with a, a, a lot of clients and a broad range of clients with ages and heights and anthropometries right. and genders and, and strength I'm sure too. Right, yeah, like, right, like an right. experienced lifter versus someone who's you know maybe never <laughs> squatted before, or at least not using any sort of technique. Well, you, you could probably relate to this. The last seminar, there was this. I was teaching frog pumps, and there was a. She was a dancer and a gymnast, so you can probably <laughs> relate to this. Uh, she's doing frog pumps. Let me see if I can explain this properly. Her knees were actually like below her. Her legs were. So she the, was so flexible that, listener, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the listeners who don't know what a frog pump is, you can probably Google, right? Frog pump Brett Contreras on Google and my video come up. But you just, uh, it's like a glute bridge, a bodyweight glute bridge, but your feet are, your heels are touching each other. And mm -hmm. so your legs are spread, splayed out to the sides, kind of like looking like a frog. And her legs were so spread out that they actually, so that would be transverse uh, hip abduction mobility and or horizontal plane hip abduction mobility her knees would sink below her uh, <laughs> like below her hips like she could spread She's her legs out so far <laughs> it was crazy I was like what I don't even I've never even seen anything like that so when she'd rise up her hips would be in, in front of her knees and her legs were so spread out now I, I had never seen anything like that and it, so you work with these people and you're like, oh wow, I'm glad I, I'm glad I saw that because it just adds an extra, you know, yeah, totally. Um, it, 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 you you train enough people, you read enough journal articles, you you get strong yourself, and one day you're pretty darn smart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just on that note, when you just, especially, you know, the 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 smaller seminars within your own space has just been a more recent thing. And what you've had maybe what, three or four groups as of now or five even. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I've done four or five and uh, yeah, they, they, it, I, I did it obviously to make money, but really it's good, <laughs> for, my, it's good for my education. It's like it, the re ideal research review. And I, I remember I think we're on going on five years maybe, but I remember telling my business partner, I said, we, sh we can never, um, like if we get popular, we can never, uh, 
dish this out to other to like hire workers to do this for us because this is what gives us the edge. Right. And I so I go through eighty journal articles every month, and I still do it. I'll never, I'll never. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like delegate that to somebody mm-hmm. else because it's it's how I learn. And so there's things that I really enjoy about my career right now. Uh, the research review, working with top researchers now, I get phone calls and they'll tell me their, you know, the studies they're working on. Even peer reviewing right now, I'm peer reviewing, so I get asked to peer review different journal articles, and I'm peer reviewing one that's just crazy. I wish I could talk about it so bad, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> Maybe to, later. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. Uh, so it it is. I feel like earlier in my career, it was hard to rise up. I didn't have any friends in the field. I had no one to talk to. I was just my own little army uh, here in Scott. In, in, well, now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, but I was in Scottsdale, Arizona doing my own thing. And then now, seven years later, after starting my blog and my YouTube channel and everything, I've gained a lot of steam. And now it's the learning is just, it's, it's, it's uh, it's it's a good feeling knowing when you go to sleep at night knowing I, I learned more stuff today, I'm continuing to grow, and I'm gaining steam. I'm getting more popular, so that's mm-hmm. important to me. I, I I'm, my goal is to make a big difference in the way the world trains, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job because when I travel, I go into gyms and I see them doing hip thrusts and not just hip thrusts. A lot of my glute uh, work. In fact, a funny story. I just presented two weekends ago in Kansas City at the Fitness Summit, and there, I, I went to this gym, uh, Impact, uh, whatever, Impact Performance or whatever, and I see this, I see this woman, and she's doing, she's doing pendulum uh, quadruped kickbacks on the reverse hyper, and I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. no one does that except me, <laughs> and, I, and then she's doing band hip hinge abductions with a hip circle, and I'm like, this has to be, there's yeah. no way. She has to follow me. There's no way. Wait, I, so I'm making eye contact with her, and she like looks away, and I'm like, okay, she doesn't have any clue who I am, so she's not following my. Pro- maybe her, maybe her boyfriend follows me, mm-hmm. and but anyway, I so I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to her, but I'm like, God, you know what a, what a douchebag I look like. And I went up and I'm like, hey, do you know who have I you am? heard of me? Yeah, do you know who? I, so I'm like, okay, I chickened out. I'm kind of a kind of it. a big deal. Right, right. So, anyway, then that night I get a, I see a tweet from her. Oh my God, fangirl moment! I saw Brett Contreras. I'm like, why the hell didn't why you did say she something say... to me? That's funny. So anyway, well, she was probably nervous she... like you were. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, my, it's my goal, and so I feel like it's go, all going really well. It is. I think it is too, definitely, and just um, from personal experience too. Like, I, like I mentioned earlier. What I learned just from myself going through a bunch of different movements and techniques and, and just testing things out um, and then being able to see what the other girls in the lab with us were doing and how, you know, what worked for them. Again, just like a wealth of knowledge to then be able to take and apply to clients of my own and, you know, have kind of like a baseline testing protocol that I'd put them through to see what they feel where, what feels best, um, how their body moves, and then be able to create plans for them around that is super fun. I love it. And then to see the development actually take place 
over the course of, you know, however long we're working together, weeks, months, um, years for some, it's uh, very, very cool. I mean, for myself personally, obviously, um, because I want my, my glutes to look nice too. But um, <laughs> being able to give, you know, essentially you're giving butts to people who might otherwise not have butts, which <laughs> think of all the pants, how happy the pants are out there to have these now they, they're filled out. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell I'll t- touch on a touchy so- subject. Uh, a couple weeks ago on, on my Instagram, I posted a a drawing I made for strong curves. And you know, we're all learning and getting more effective over time. But back when I wrote strong curves, I don't I can't that was when I was in Auckland, New ago. Zealand getting my PhD. This was like, yeah, when I wrote it was probably four or five years ago. And so now I can look back and go, God, this was ridiculous. But I I made a, a, a drawing and I, but the reason why I did this is because when I was a when I had my studio you know, now the women who I attract, they know who I am. They're already convinced. But back then, I'd work with just people off the streets, and they'd they mm-hmm. say, oh, "I don't." I, I, they train their glutes, and they go, "I don't want my butt to get bigger. I want it to get smaller." And I, so I'd have to educate them and say, "Okay, show me your ideal butt." And I'd have all these magazines, and they'd always point to the um, Jessica Biel Esquire, where she's like, "God, she looks so good in that she, magazine." And she has amazing backside. That one. Well, but she has an amazing butt always, but sometimes she's more muscular, sometimes she's leaner. In this particular magazine cover and and, and inside the magazine, she was really lean and slender, but still very athletic. And that's, in my experience, that's the look a lot of women are going for. Mm -hmm. But I realized that, you know, the look you're going for is up to you. No one should be telling you, you know, if you want to, if, if, well, but, but, but to an extent. So I always say, so anyway, in this, drawing i wrote bad butt and then good I butt ju- and i, I just drew looked out, it up yeah i just looked it up yeah, bad butt and good if butt if you read the comments <laughs> there were there were like 30 different comments in there where i'm just getting teed off on i just pissed off a lot of women well, um, some women their what is bad for you is good for them and that's just their preference yeah exactly <laughs> and and i understood why did i say bad butt and good butt but my purpose with the in the in strong curves, and by the way, the book Strong Curves, the title is Strong Curves: A Woman's Guide to a Better Butt and Better Body, or Better Butt and Body, whatever. You know, so by the by, what these women are saying, there's no such thing as a better butt. It's just a different butt. Right. But I'm like, come on, like yeah, that that would be like saying, uh, you know, you've seen these like thousand pound men and women who like have to get like they have to use like a crane to get them out of the house because they're bedridden. Can we agree that, like, the top model in the world's butt is better than that person's? Like, where do we draw the line? I get what people are saying, but I'm like, I help people get better butts. And there's a, a like, a we when you say a nice butt, we all have a preconceived image that it's comes true. to mind. And so, anyway, my whole point in bringing that up is uh, uh, there's an art to it. And you know it. There's an yes. art to get you. It's not just... Just do squats and deadlifts and get as strong as humanly possible. There's a lot, a lot more to getting your best butt than, um, you know, there, there, there's m- different movements that work better mm-hmm. for different people. I try to use a similar um, number of, you know, we do horizontal hip extension exercises like hip thrusts and back extensions. We do vertical like squats and deadlifts. We do lateral and rotary exercises with bands and cables and, 
you know, so so le different lateral band works and, and cable and ankle, even ankle weight ab abduction and external rotation movements, and it all works together to build the best butt possible. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it just when you get someone when you transfer their glutes, transform their glutes, they just become more confident. They their relationships uh, tend to improve. You know, I can't tell you I've had guys come to my facility knock on the door and just say, I'm looking for Brett Contreras. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Brett. I just want to shake your hand. You, you train my <laughs> wife or you train my girlfriend. And just keep doing what you're doing. I, I'm so pleased. I'm so happy with it. And, and uh, that's happened, that's happened that's four good. times to me over my training career. And uh, I've also had numerous clients where, you know, I train groups of women, so they like to talk and I overhear them. And, you know, sometimes they'll, I'll, I'll overhear them like, God, it's uh, it's you know they start training with me and they're like, you know, I, my my sex life isn't as good as it used to be. I kind of wish my but you know my my husband works hard and we're both so tired with the kids and at the end of the day we just you know lay down in that bed. It's so nice to just fall asleep. And then so then so they they wish that their husband was more frisky. <laughs> and then <laughs> six months later, all over here, I'm going. Oh my God, it's so annoying. I have to pretend I'm asleep at night. Wait, <laughs> isn't that what you wanted? And they're like, Yeah, but it it just get, it goes overboard. And when you get, you know, I've seen it happen where it actually improves relationships because, I mean, the the man gets more into the woman because her butt's so nice. And I guess you could say that's shallow, but but I also mean, too, like you her, said, if 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 she's gaining confidence, that you know, that vibe is coming out of her too. Her yep, feeling more confident, yeah. more comfortable with herself. That's going to be projected as well. And in the husband or boyfriend or whoever is more likely to pick up on that. Um, and not know. just with training glutes, but just with getting stronger overall. Okay. It gives mm -hmm. women confidence to, that's the one thing I like about hip thrust. They, they, you know, they're going, I never thought I could move 225 pounds and it, it gives fun. them confidence. And, you're absolutely correct. In fact, when I was in Auckland, I had a client come to me. She was very, very prim and proper. So it's hard for her to discuss these things to me. But she's like, <laughs> told me like, basically, her marriage was on the rocks when I started training her. And she's like, my husband is the most important thing to me in the world. And you didn't know this, but I was so unhappy with my body that I was being rude and treating him poorly. Mm -hmm. And as because of my own insecurity and lack of self-confidence, and she said, you, you transformed me. This person saw probably the best results out of anyone I've ever trained. Mm -hmm. I wrote a blog post on her. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 she said, and then she, she gets really uncomfortable. She's like, and also, I didn't ever realize how important the glutes were during sex. <laughs> so it's funny because I bet you her <laughs> sex became more, way more acrobatic and things like that. So it, it is true that they're... But when it, you know how to you move your know. pelvis and, you know, the hips are mobile and, yeah, it's, it opens the door to yeah, possibilities. Actually, actually, <laughs> I, maybe this is TMI, but I had a you know, a girlfriend that would get, um, God, this is probably TMI. She would, when she was on top of me, rocking back and forth, she would get, <laughs> she would have to stop because her glutes would burn so bad because she was doing <laughs> poster pelvic tilt, you know, so... I thought it was funny because I'm 
speaking of it in, ter in terms of biomechanics and analyzing <laughs> the physiology. That sounds sexy. Wondering if it, <laughs> wondering if, well, I didn't voice it to her, but I'm wondering if this is good for her glute hypertrophy. But anyway, <laughs> that's how my mind that's how my Always mind the works. scientific mind at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, one, one question that I had, you know, I, I want to make sure that we give a few, you know, easy takeaways for the listeners to be able to either just, just think about on their own or be able to apply on their own. But one thing I've always been curious about is in working with so many people, well, first, this is a, a two-part question. One, because you work with mostly women, but you do work with men as well, has, is there a difference that you've noticed in um, not only glute activation, but, but movement patterns between men and women? Or is it more of a build issue, like a an, an, an anatomical so, issue? Not issue. First of all, just, yeah, good, great question. So first of all, uh, this is kind of funny because I'm the glute guy. You think my clients would be symmetrical, but they all shift to one side during heavy. When the squats get heavy towards the one towards one RM, or when they go towards failure with a submaximal load, mm -hmm. they will shift. One way. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I've come to conclude that asymmetries at the hips are normal. And if, if you're perfectly symmetric or you're not normal, you're atypical. But obviously, you want to narrow the margin. You want to balance them out. But the, I don't think to get to think that you're going to be perfectly symmetrical is very unrealistic. You're always going to have one side that's stronger and that maybe activates a little bit better mm -hmm. than the other. And also, form during certain lifts, you know. A lot of women, they don't have the quad mass that guys do. And so, so a lot of women that are especially taller or, or, or just women with long, relatively longer femurs, uh, they have to lean forward more during squats and deadlifts. A lot of their deadlifts, their hips will be very high. And you'll see the powerlifters will say, drop those hips, drop those hips. But they're way weaker that way. They're stronger right. when their hips are – it, it kind of looks like a cross between a, a deadlift and a – and a stiff leg deadlift, but that's mm -hmm. where they're strongest. And so the powerlifter says, drop your hips. They'll never be stronger deadlifting with lower hips. They don't have the quads and legs for it. They they have to get a little bit higher hips and get their hamstrings into it more. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, mechanics are different. Uh, things are different. And even the way I, I, I pro design programs is different between men and women. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like coaching in general, just even coaching cues, uh, maybe even like the the verbiage that you use, because that's something I've noticed a big difference in in working with men and women. Like the vocabulary that I use for them is different because they respond very differently to the words that I yeah, use. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> they yeah, they respond differently to the cues. And then I got to tell a funny story. When I had my studio lifts, I had the he was the best trainer, but I mean this is just common. Like Alex, this will be common sense to you and I, but. <laughs> He was, he was like 21 at the time, and I had to pull him aside and tell him, okay, men, the words you use for men, like jacked and swole and yoked and, you know, <laughs> that's great, but you do not use those words for women, tend to like sculpted, lean, firm, you know, right. and it was so funny because, well, you know, at the glute lab, I'll say this, I'll be like, man, your glutes are looking huge right now, like, oh, that's a compliment, but... I don't start off that way, right. you know. You, you have to work your way up to that, them knowing that you're you're meaning that as a compliment. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I said that yesterday to a client. I'm like, 
Molly, your butt's looking huge. And she's like, thank you. But I don't start off, you know, you have to gauge the client what their look is. That yes. same comment to an overweight person who's trying to lose weight that would make them feel horrible inside. So, uh, but anyway, yes, different words and then different cues as well. Um, I always laugh at when I say knees out and they take a wider stance. It's not no, what I, I mean. get that too. I like, I didn't say move your feet. Did I say feet? But the, no, I said knees. <laughs> right, when you say knees out, they, they get a wider stance. They achieved what you told them to do. They got their <laughs> knees out. <laughs> so we have to tell them, okay, when you're doing this, I like your foot position right now. I like your stance width and your foot flare. But when I say knees out, I'm going to go to the bottom of a squat. And here's what tends to happen as you rise out of the hole. Your legs will cave in. See, see this is knee caving. This is valgus collapse. I want you to prevent that. So you have to work hard to think knees out in order to prevent that from happening. And then they understand it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's we, sometimes <laughs> like cues to us when we're saying chest up or ribs down or all these things we do that, that doesn't necessarily, I, in fact, I made it probably the biggest mistake I've made as a trainer. Uh, my client uh, from, God, this was probably eight years ago. She's doing a box squat and she's letting her low back round a little bit. And I'm like, arch, arch, mate. And she, I mean, think about it. If you say arch, like, think of like, I mean, you're near San, you're in San Francisco, the arch, the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, think of a bridge, like, an arch is rounded over. So, you know, she, she rounded instead of extended. <laughs> she rounded and she hurt her back and she hurt her back and had to, she was, for like a month, we couldn't do heavy anything. We had to work around it, and I felt horrible because that's the last thing you ever want to do is injure a client. Yeah. And it was all because of a, my stupid assumption that she knew what arch, arching meant. Right. And uh, so even with that, you have to teach the client, okay, this is arching, this is rounding. This is, you know, arching is synonymous with extending, extension, and rounding with flexion. So if I say arch, this is what I mean. And um, but that's why you, you, you think about it. I used an ambiguous term. If I said chest up, right. chest up, then you know, would, would have gone usually it. means more, more extension. So it was my bad. I chose the wrong cue. So that was a big learning experience for me. Unfortunately, at the expense of somebody, but I mean, it, it, it happens whether it's with you, you know, yeah. at a client or even with yourself. And, and I've definitely done that where I've played with movements positioning and then ended up doing something that didn't feel so good multiple times I'm like oh i probably shouldn't have done Just that hopefully, they, they, <laughs> hopefully that happens without a heavy bar on their back you know like. agreed agreed <laughs> has there has there ever been or thus far at least been something that you were surprised by um so maybe you were working with a client and you expected them to be able to you know, maybe they were like freak, freakishly strong or you expected them to be really strong and they weren't or even just movement wise that that threw you off, kind of caught you off guard. Have you experienced anything well, like that happens, that stands out yeah, this, or every day? This happens, <laughs> well, it ha so it happens. Uh, another good question. What fascinates me is that, you know, I have my Ph.D. in 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 biomechanics and sports science and I I. I I look at this stuff and you think that you could go, okay, like Alex, you'll be a sumo deadlifter or you'll be a high bar squatter. You'll, you, and you can't just look at someone and think, okay, judging by her 
anatomy or her anthropometry, she's going to be gravitate towards this or that. Some things with like squats and deadlifts, you have to learn through trial and error. You have, do you squat better in Olympic in squat shoes or in flat shoes like Chuck's? Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, are you better with high bar or low bar? Are you, you know, what's your ideal stance with and foot flare? Uh, you know, how deep should you go? These are things that have to be teased out. They can't just make broad recommendations for everyone. And same with the deadlift. Do you, you know, are you a sumo or conventional or, or, or a semi-sumo uh, mm -hmm. puller? And, you know, you, you have to tease those things out over time. You can't just predict. And, uh, you know, I, I've been surprised a lot of times with um, someone can have crazy levels of bilateral strength. This happens more with men than women. You'll have like a 600-pound squatter and he, can, he can't do 10 Bulgarian split squats with body weight. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that happens mm -hmm. a lot. But uh, I'll tell you another thing that surprised me is, and I, I talk about this in my, my, when I were to do my glute lab seminars, but twice in, in, my, in the last 10 years of personal training, I had clients grow two inches on their glutes in two weeks. What? Two inches. And yeah, and their husbands are just, both of them, they're like, well, the, the one girl, Molly, she, she was training with the glute squad. I had six bikini competitors training with me at the same time. And two, and two of the girls accused her of getting glute implants. It was hilarious because she's like, no, why would I get glute implants? What the hell? And they're like, well, we want to feel. And she's like, feel them. And they're like, <laughs> they're, they're like doing this like shakedown right there in front of her. I was laughing so hard. They're, she's like, see, there's no implants in there. And they're like, well, how did this happen? And She's like, I don't know. They just grew two inches out of, out of nowhere. And then, then the one was like mad at me. Like, why aren't mine growing like that? And I'm like, Alicia, you're doing the exact same program. Right. You're doing the same workout. It's just her genetics it's are amazing. Right. But right. it happened to another client too. And it's, it's really with both of them, it's when I started pushing uh, hip. We started doing like pyramid sets of hip thrusts. So they do a broad range of repetitions. But I push them to use heavier weight than normal. So with hip thrust, you kind of have different categories of people. You have like the ones who go who go way too light and they're capable of using way more. And in both of these scenarios, like the one Allie, she could she was hip thrusting with 135, doing like three sets of 20 with 135. Mm -hmm. Or no, three sets of like 12 with 135. And I found that she could she could actually do uh, 12 reps with 225 pounds. But she was just not – she never thought she could use that much ah. weight. So after the end of two weeks, I had her hip thrusting 315 for like five. But she could do 135 for 30. So she was stopping at 12 when she could really get 30. Oh, wow. But during that week, she got grew two inches on her glutes. And I've talked about this with a sports science researcher because in when I was in Norway last year because muscle can't grow that fast. So it has to be – some of it has to be swelling like edema, like cell swelling, the pump. Right. Um, that you get from both acutely and but you get from muscle damage as well. But here's the thing. Their glutes never then shrunk and went back to their previous size. They kept growing from there. So whether it was edema and then it filled in with muscle over time, whatever, it never shrunk back down. So who cares what it was, you know, because it kept growing. Right. Um, Lucky girl. But that was, yeah, that, that's it. I, if I had one gift I could give to everyone, it's that everyone would have that kind of glute genetics. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there's many people listening who are a little jealous right now, um, <laughs> as they should be. 
glutes are hard to hard to come by. I mean, just and for some people, you know, uh, uh, God, I keep telling stories over. When I was at the fitness <laughs> summit, uh, it's, this the, it's a drinking like it's a partying weekend, and I, I don't drink much. I don't. I barely drink anymore. I'm just over the, my partying phase. In my 20s, I was a party animal, but now I just <laughs> don't drink much. But this lady and her husband come up to me at the end of the night, and they're just wasted, and she's like, oh, my God, you're so big. You're such a big guy. And, like, because I'm, you know, I'm 6'4", like, 230 pounds. People don't realize that I'm actually taller than – But she's guy. like, I don't know how your glutes even fit on stage today. And I'm like, actually, my glutes aren't that big. And it was funny because the husband's like, yeah, I was going to say, I mean – He's athletic, but his glutes are by no means enormous. I thought it was a funny that we're talking about my glutes. But I said, look, I don't judge myself by like, you know, some NFL lineman or wide receiver because right. then I'd be depressed. I judge myself based on my identical twin brother because he's that's like the control. He, yeah, he lifts weights. Age. Yeah, he lifts weights just like I do, but he doesn't he doesn't train with like progressive overload. He doesn't do heavy Go ahead. He doesn't try to beat records, and he doesn't train as quite as hard as me. My hips are five inches bigger around than his, so oh. I don't have the nicest glutes, but they have come a long way. They actually are round now. I like, you know, I can be proud of them because mm -hmm. when I'm naked, they I look from the side view and they're round. They pop out. And that's all. I wanted that so bad back in the day, and I got there. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the glute guy has glutes. Well, and I'm sure that yep. they're you're extremely strong too. So I think that's that's one point that should be made. It's one thing to have the aesthetic look of a nice rounded glutes that doesn't necessarily translate to strength or or movement ability, and vice versa. Like you could have very very strong glutes and they work well in you know when you're performing bigger lifts, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna aesthetically be what you might think that they should be. You're so right about that. And I, I want to write a blog post on this. Um, I know like m a lot of the top 10 Bikini Olympia contestants and I know what they squat and I don't know if they – Or if they even squat. They, they all do squat. I think every one of them squat. But they're using like 95 pounds and right. some of them like 65 pounds. They're not squatting 225 and right. – or you know, That's and, not the goal. Um, no, their goal is aesthetics, but they, they do their squats, but they're not obsessed with it. So most of the, even a lot of the listeners can out squat a lot of the best butts in the world. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, that, that, I'm glad you brought up that point because I, that helps me be more um, accepting of my body. Like, look at my Instagram from last night. I just did a, I just set a PR on my squats and hit heavy deadlifts and tied a PR on my deadlifts and hip thrusted 635 pounds I'm proud of it it's like you see these athletes and you know they're they're proud of their bodies because they're these badass athletes mm -hmm. uh, sorry I just swore but anyway they're That's they're amazing <laughs> they're, they can be, they can be proud of their physiques because mm -hmm. of how hard they work in the gym and I think it helps with body image issues which men and women both experience but it's like you get to a point where you're like okay I'm never gonna look like this men's health model, but I can out hip thrust that guy, you know, I can exactly, outlift that exactly. guy. I'm <laughs> happy with my results. I'm strong and I'm proud of my physique because of how hard I work out and how much strength I've gained. Right. 
and for a lot of people, that's that's the goal is it's to to move well, to be strong, and if they happen to look good, it's an added bonus. Um, and actually, I have a, a client who I've been working with for a while, mostly on the nutrition side, and she is a she's probably tagged you in a few of her things, uh, Shauna Alverson. She was a competitive CrossFitter for a long time. And, uh, you know, stopped doing that because of some injuries and some health concerns. And during her kind of off recovery time, when we first started working together, she was incorporating strong curves. She just really wanted to take a step back from the heavy lifting and work on, you know, weaknesses, problem areas. And from having gone through the program, or at least, you know, having tested out the movements that were best for her, now she's getting back into Olympic lifting. She's already competed once, and her strength is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, she was hitting PRs the week before the meet, not even trying. And it's been really cool, not only just, you know, from my end, I'm doing her, co- her nutrition coaching, but be able to see her body change, but also see those numbers go up. And now, like, I'm like, wow, the potential here is... Uh, amazing. I'm, I'm super excited for her and just to see what she can do because she took that time to strengthen the weaknesses, to kind of check in with her body and make those adjustments when she needed to. Super cool. So you brought up a really important topic and, and I see this with a lot of CrossFitters and I would say like probably one in three CrossFitters that I've worked with, they're so strong because they do standing based movements so they're mm-hmm. doing they're great at their high bar squats and their deadlifts and their olympic lifts and they're um they're very proficient in these lifts that they do all the time but then I'll they'll say usually they come to me because they have back pain or something and they're saying you know my back my, my back is so in so much pain I can hardly squat so I'll say okay uh let me just test some stuff and I'll test their hip thrust strength and you know, I, I, there was a just a couple months ago. I worked with she was the best CrossFitter at her facility. Just jacked physique too, very muscular, great physique, and she's doing body weight hip thrusts, and they're hard for her. And she can squat like oh, wow. 220 pounds. She can squat 100 kgs, and she's a little girl or a little female. So I don't mean to call them all girls, but anyway, um, she can she can, that's a bad habit of mine. But she <laughs> she she can barely do hip thrusts, and I know. That if she just got stronger hip thrusts, because um, you can relate to this, Alex. Mm. She's a, gy- a former gymnast, mm. so she's always wanting to hyperextend. And when I watched her squat and deadlift, she's hyperextending. That's why she's getting the back pain. Right. So she needs to learn how to not hyperextend and use her glutes more to finish off hip extension and not resort to lumbar extension. And that would be that would help her out tremendously. But I'm not sure if when I left. I know she felt these movements working her glutes, but it's almost like CrossFit. You need permission from the right. leaders. Like, yes, it's okay to do this exercise. Right, 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 and it's right. so the Olympic lifters and the CrossFitters who actually go down that road, they end up with because I think once you strengthen your glutes through hip thrusts, you keep that mind muscle connection. You and then you incorporate the glutes more. You use them more to lock out. And so then, even when you're doing deadlifts or, or other lifts, you incorporate. That the glutes more into end range hip extension, so you keep it. In my mm-hmm. opinion, yep, agreed. Well, and I think being able to do movements like a Bulgarian split squat too, where you you're separating the legs, and you can see like what you talked about before, and having you know if someone is doing a heavy squat, they're always shifting one way. Being able to just pick up on the differences in the sides 
And if you don't, if you never test it out, you're never going to know when you could have this crazy imbalance that you are completely unaware of that could be an easy fix and make a huge difference. Yeah. Completely agree. Single leg work, lateral band work, hip thrust, all these things. People's it's just good training and everyone should be doing it. <laughs> What would you say would be, so if someone were to want to like run themselves through a few basic movements just to test activation, do you have like maybe your top five movements that someone could start with? Well, okay. It's more like I don't screen people. I just, because think about it, Alex, you saw it. If you you work out with me, guess what you're going to be doing? Squats, deadlifts, hip (laughs) thrusts, single leg work, back extensions. Bench press, chin-ups, military press, rows, mm-hmm. like the, you're going to push-ups. You're going to be doing these 25 exercises that I love, and you're going to get really good and strong at them. So I don't screen people because what's, what's it going to tell me? If they have poor ankle dorsiflexion or hip flexion mobility or hip extension, I, that's going to come out with the exercises, you know? I'll yeah. be, why can't they squat properly? And I'll figure that out quickly. But uh, I, so really it's not about giving people a battery of tests. It's more like... What is the what you spoke about earlier? We're gonna do hip thrusts. How do you feel them the most? Do you like mm-hmm. the barbell hip thrust? Do you like the American hip thrust? Do you like hip thrusting with bands? How do you like to place your feet? Do you like a wide stance, a narrow stance, a narrow stance with your knees out more, mm-hmm. uh, with a more abducted position? How do you like your pel- your, your lumbo pelvic posture? Do you like to do you like to post your pelvic tilt at the top and keep your ribs down and and keep your head position forward, or do you like to kind of Get your chest up a little more and hip hyperextend. So some people like it more that way. And if you only knew one way or trained one person or two people throughout your career, you wouldn't understand these things. So it's more like helping them figure out their ideal hip thrust, their ideal squat, their ideal deadlift, their which mm-hmm. lateral band movements are best for them. Should When they do single leg movements, do they like to lean forward a little more? Do they like a long stride, a short stride? Do they like to, when they do lunges, step out slightly or just walk straight forward? All these things, you know, need to be teased out over time. And so that's where I see it's not about try these 10 exercises and see if you can feel your glutes activating. It's like, no, you're going to be doing these patterns. Let's figure out the best way for you. Makes sense. And that that's a lot of what I do with the, with the new client when I'm thinking about a program for them. Obviously, I have their pictures, so I know what I'm working with. But in terms of, of, of movement patterns, I'll have them run through a few basic movements, the squat, the deadlift, um, a hip, hip hinge of some kind, and then see where they feel it. I'm like, okay, well, now you can try it out this way, that same movement, try it this way or try it this way and let me know what, what happens. And then we can build something from there. And that's I think that's fun for them too, to be able to – because one thing – I get, uh, I see the most and get frustrated with the most. Um, but it's also, I think the biggest uh, lesson that we can help teach teach new clients is body awareness. It's just being in their body and being able to feel it and pay attention to how things feel when they do certain movements. I mean, same thing with food. It's like, oh, I eat this. This is how I feel. Um, people are so out of touch <laughs> with their bodies. Um, kind of like what we talked about before we got on the air, how I am not good with technology. Um, I can deal with the, the body really well. I know my body very well. Uh, the insides and outs, the weird nuances. Uh, <laughs> you know, I move this way, move that way. Um, and but so, but so many people are out of touch with that. And you have to bring yourself back into your body and pay attention to be able to then understand what your needs are. It, and you know what? There's 
I, I've been preaching that for years now, like mind-muscle connection, be aware of what the muscles are doing. You know, and I think men are better than this at women because we sit in front of them. Like, Alex, did you ever sit in front of the mirror flexing, posing, like when you were younger? Maybe you did, but I don't think <laughs> I did, actually, did. but only because. You did? Okay. I knew, <laughs> I, knew you'd be, I knew you'd be the exception. But I would sit there in front of the mirror as a skinny teenager going, ah, I can't. How do I flex my lats? How do I, you know, I'm trying, to work, I'm trying to activate my delts right now. I don't know if I'm doing it. Biceps were easy, but, yeah. you know, I would try to activate the different muscles. Well, a new, new studies, there's a, several studies that have come out showing that isometric training, like just, and even just flexing muscles, builds muscle very well, but mm-hmm. it also activates the region of the brain, like the, the motor cortex, and so you get more activation over time. So now we're finally getting research to support this stuff. So I totally mm-hmm. agree about body awareness. And I'm glad that you talked about more than just um, with the muscles, with muscle activation, but also with what foods work best for your body. And also, just as a professional, what, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Because you want to keep your strengths the strengths and then improve your weaknesses or at least delegate out your weaknesses because that's, <laughs> this awareness is everything. It's awareness is everything. So totally agree about yep, that. Yep. Well, and it's going to help the client be able to communicate what they're experiencing to the coach that much more effectively. So then you're able to just build so much more efficiently from there. I mean, if you're, you're asking a client for feedback and they're like, I don't know what I feel where was that my butt? I think it was my butt. I'm not sure. Like that's, <laughs> it's really hard to work from there without any information or feedback. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's totally. really fun when, and I'm sure you get this all the time, when you get a client to feel something that maybe they haven't felt before. And it's almost like this light bulb goes off and they're like, I felt it. Holy shit. You know, that client I was talking <laughs> earlier from New Zealand, the one who saw the best results and who improved her uh, relationship with her husband. Um, it took like six, I've never had a, anything like this, but for like, it took her like four months to feel her glutes working during hip thrusts and glute bridges. Hmm. And then by like six or seven months, she would get tears in her eyes after a set. Oh, it wow. burned her so bad. <laughs> but I've never had something where it took that long. And then all of a sudden it switched to where she didn't feel them at all to where she felt them so much that it was insane. That's but it just goes to show you, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. If you yep. can't feel them right away, just keep trying. <laughs> well, you um, you have a lot going on right now, um, which is awesome. Good for you. Right? You so well-deserved um, for all your hard work and all of your speaking engagements. Um, is there anything that you want to uh, – we don't have like a time stamp on this, so it could air at a different time. Just don't – if you have something time-sensitive, um, it might not be relevant now, but – if you want, if you have any like upcoming events or want to just share a little bit about your the seminars that you are holding in the Glute Lab, uh, let us know. Um, you know, if you, I just want to just say where to follow me if you like, if you liked what you heard, if you were pleased by this podcast <laughs> and you want to follow me on on social media. So my name is Brett Contreras. So you can type that into Google, and my blog comes up, brettcontreras.com. But if you can't remember Brett Contreras. You can just type in the glute guy and, you know, on the Google and it comes up. Yeah, there I am. And then from my blog, you know, I have links, this little social media like uh, symbols there. So you can find me on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. And uh, 
uh, I have, like, like Alex said, I have monthly seminars that I provide, and I also really proud of my Strong by Brett program that I'm uh, just launched four months ago, and it's doing really well. I've got a ton of members now joining, and there's a forum, and uh, you know, it's, it's I can do form checks and everything, and make sure That's it's fun. good to do form checks for a month or two, just to make sure you're starting off on the right foot and you can be confident and build from there. So that's my kind of my bread and butter right now, the Strong by Brett programs. That's the, that's the same workout that my glute squad does in my glute lab. So uh, so that's something that uh, I'm proud of. And then I send out a newsletter like once a month. There's no spam. It's just here are the articles I've written uh, for uh, like podcast, like say this mm-hmm. podcast, I'll link that in the next newsletter. And uh, so you can stay up to date with my stuff. So feel free to subscribe to that as well. Wonderful. Loads of information all the time, um, which is both on the super scientific, lengthy article side and the watch some videos on Instagram and see what the technique is. So the range is nice. um, So it's kind of fitting for anybody and everybody who's looking to just learn a little bit more, strengthen their glutes, uh, get some shape back there, fill out their pants, uh, whatever your needs are. Thank you, Brett, so much for joining me on the show today. It was super fun. I think we covered everything Thanks, I had. I, I, all the questions I had. <laughs> I hope it was helpful for the listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, if we get enough uh, feedback questions, I might just have to have you back on the show. Well, I'm all, you know, I'm always here if you want me on again. And thank you for all the nice things you said about me, Alex. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I was saving the bad things for when we get off the phone. So yeah, right. <laughs> we, we can, <laughs> I'll go through my list when we hang up. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Her Body, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengel. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.